temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This is the 90s voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris. And it's time now for the food show. Every afternoon we get in here and we convince ourselves that there is no greater pursuit than that of a great plate of food, a great glass of wine, a wonderful cocktail, or, you know, all the other wonderful things that all of this brings along, like uh, like friends and lovers and all those other things that make life uh, wonderful. And uh, we're coming to you live today from the Cool Water Ranch. And with me is my wife, Mary Ann, <clears throat> who, who has one other... Uh, uh, claim to fame as regards our program, and that is she hired me for the job. I think your voice is going. Do you want me to go get you, you some water? Do you think my, my waist I, is going? No, I, didn't, I said I think your voice is going. Do you think oh, I, no, I, I, I would be a better, uh, provide a better service no, if I, I just, go get you some water? I just uh, had a, a, a vitamin C capsule you know, bang okay. its way down through. You know. Hi there. Hello. Who? Oh, you I'm and just, me. Okay. I'm just saying hi. <clears throat> Where do we have lunch today? At Lola, in the train car. In the train car. Yes. You know, uh, there was a time when you could get away with putting a good restaurant uh, with fairly high prices. Yet, although uh, these guys, I wouldn't say that about them. What, that it's uh, not high price? It's not high price. You, you know, don't think? I kind of think I. it's one of those things where you have a certain a certain image in your mind, and then you're always surprised at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I find the food at Lola absolutely fabulous, but I always am a little bit surprised by how much I've spent, mainly because it's not complete table service. It's sort of half tra- table service. That's the millennium style. I think it's millennial, huh? Millennial. Didn't yes. I say that? What you did I said say? millennium. But, oh, I'm terribly know, we're sorry. We're past the millennium and into now millennials. But yeah, I'm all I, shook up today. You know, I, why the dog didn't go after you i was walking into lola and there was a dog outside and and it just sort of stuck its snout through the the railing and and started growling at me which is very unusual for me because i'm saint francis of assisi are you yes i am you don't look like him with dogs anyway uh well i'm sorry that you're rattled is uh doug do we have uh saul on the phone saul oh is he coming yeah that's right he's supposed to be calling in do we have do we have we, oh, okay, yeah. so then we don't have him. We'll just go ahead and talk. And <laughs> <laughs> He's coming over from uh, Car- uh, um... San Francisco, but I don't. I, but he, he's mm-hmm. uh, just going to call, but I don't know if he is going to call. I guess we'll find out. to call or whatever. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, we are just going to sit around and chat. We have Jude in town, which is very oh. unusual, hmm. and I feel really bad because we went to Lola, because I was raving about Lola and was talking about the the train car and how fabulous it was. And we talked Jude out of what he really did want to go eat. And that was not the best Lola experience that I've ever had. And I absolutely adore Lola. And I just, I felt, you know, you know when you, that'd be kind of a fun thing to talk about. When you brag about a place to someone 
and you really build it up. And then usually when something is really built up, it can never really meet the expectations that you have. But when you build something up to someone and then it doesn't even meet your own expectations, that then you feel like, like I feel like Jude, you know, that he's only got a limited number of meals here and I, I feel bad now. Anyway, it was not one of the better Lola experiences. Oh, well. I, and, just, and, I had a bowl of uh, bean soup I thought was pretty no, good. No, it's, it's, it's always great. I mean, it's always great. And today I thought it was just maybe a little bit less than great, but maybe it's because when you bring someone someplace and you've talked about it so much, you have this really big investment in it. But I didn't get what I normally get. And that's peculiar for me, too, because I am definitely a creature of habit. You wear a habit? I've never seen you wearing a habit before. No, no. But I'm a creature of habit, and I think a lot of people are creatures of habit. I have my things every place that I go, and it's almost impossible for me to get past them. I just don't do it. So the salmon salad at Lola is absolutely my you just cannot get me away from it at all. Uh, but today I did. I veered away because they had a lentil soup, and I didn't really feel like eating a big salad. So I just got a little bit of lentil soup. But the salmon salad is quite spectacular there. That's like my that's like my club sandwich at Porter and Luke. The waitresses mm-hmm. at Porter and Luke, all of whom are adorable, are always trying to get me to veer off the beaten path. But they never can. Well, you know, that's a busy path anyway. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, the, the restaurant we're talking about, in case you don't know, is it's in Covington. It's in the, the the closest to dead center of Covington, as you could imagine, because it's where the train station used to be some years, and years like, like a long time ago, like 30, 40, 50 years ago. And uh, they, on oh, several occasions in the past, they have installed restaurants in the old depot, which was this neat old building that the, the, the trains actually pulled up to. And people would uh, use the trains to go from Mandeville and Covington all the way around the lake to New Orleans and to downtown New Orleans. That's that's what people did back then. Then they got that way on a train. So uh, anyway, I think it's kind of cool what they've done with it. They've re- uh, renovated the entire rail car. It's a beauty too. I, it I would give it you know like uh, it's from the 30s or 40s or something. Really cool and. Uh, the restaurant uh, fits right in, I think. And when something fits, get it <laughs> right in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not your birthday. You I don't can't have to laugh. <laughs> you can't impress them. You just can't impress them. Uh, Saul is here. Hey, Hello, Saul. First of all, let me introduce Saul, who is what I would call a friend of the show or a friend of a friend of the show. Saul, you have heard Many thanks. Your... <laughs> hey, congratulations. I'm so excited for you, but let me just finish introducing you. Um, Saul is the brother of Daniel, the gourmet cellist, who is Tom's frequent guest host. And how many times does Daniel have you on every time? I never listen, so I don't know, but I suspect you're on at least 50% of the time that he's on. Did, that, did, did you hear I that? Every time... Yeah, just just about every time uh, Dan makes an appearance, I try to make one of my own. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So he's been on quite a bit. So so the voice uh, may be very familiar to all of you listening. Saul is also is 
a new novelist. So tell us why you're here, Saul. So I'm actually in New Orleans uh, for a couple of days to promote my new book, Save Me from Dangerous Men, featuring bookseller and private investigator Nikki Griffin. And I'm actually doing an event at Octavia Books tonight at 6 p.m., which I'm excited for. It's one of my favorite bookstores I always visit whenever I come to the city. So it's nice to be Can I tell you something about them? Uh, Just a quick little interruption. Well, it is your show. It is my show, but then again. uh, (laughs) We've hijacked it. Some years ago, uh, my cookbook went into the fourth printing. Actually, it's beyond the fourth printing. It's fourth. uh, Let's see. What's the word I'm looking for? Printing. Printing. No, that's not it. Needs a little bit stronger hit than that. It, anyway, it was uh, no, publication. It was a fourth publication of the book, and I went over to talk to the guys over at the uh, bookstore, and uh, they told me that it's one of their policies not to do republished books. Mm. And uh, you know, for uh, about two seconds, I got a little miffed about that. But then I thought about it for a second. I said, Well, of course not. That's 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 the way it ought to be. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, because you know, you, books that people have already seen, you don't want to send sell it to them too many times over and over again. Yeah. Well, this is different in two ways. One, because Saul's book is new, and second, because I'll bet you Saul does not have a big vat of shrimp rum a lot accompanying it. Yeah, is that true? That's what that's what Saul. No, though I probably do. should. I could, I could probably <laughs> sell a few more copies if I like stapled a jar of remoulade to the. No, front of the Tom, cover Tom used to make me. Tom used to make me bring things like that to his book signing, so people would come and they would have a little shrimp remoulade and they, you know, be there for the book signing. So, remember that for you're next. Giving time. me Mar- you're giving me these great marketing ideas, and you know, actually, I've eaten that shrimp remoulade my so many times because my brother makes it at least two or three times a year for any major holiday. Mm-hmm. So I have very fond memories of my own of that recipe. Mm. Yes, you know, um, I'm sorry that that at the end of this, I, I'm going to ask you to revisit the subject that I've never directly talked to you about, other than about two minutes. But it is so interesting. And so much belongs on this show, and I'm sure you've not talked to Dan about it on the air because you've probably both forgotten about it, but the pot. The pot? Yes, the pot. The, the, pot. <laughs> the week of the okay. pot. Where we, I don't okay, know if that's legal story. yet. No, no, this is oh, something okay. that Saul did for a week. It's utterly disgusting, full disclosure, except it's kind of really cool. So tell us about the pot. So the you pot, do know something, uh, don't you? Came, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, and this this is very much the the legal kind of pot. Yeah. Uh, so the pot came from a food essay that I read, um, and this was uh, referencing Anatole France, the Nobel Prize winner and author, and he talked about a ca- kind of mythical mythical cassoulet that had been kept on a Parisian stove kitchen for something like twenty seven years, uh, continuously really? cooking oh, the entire years? time. Oh my god. It was it was an extraordinary. This this cassoulet was older than um you know most cats and dogs out there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I thought it was just like a week. Okay, yours was a week though, right? Well, so so my so I was you know I I'm not a Nobel Prize winner and therefore maybe I'm less not ambitious yet. and so I thought not yet exactly. So I thought let's start with a week and that's kind of a safe distance to go rather than uh, taking it one decade at a time. So I um, I was in graduate school at the time, and we established some simple ground rules. We said we're going to put a, the largest pot we have on the burner of our stove, and 
the rule is that all our meals will be eaten out of it and that we have to replenish every time we take out. And we said, let's go for a week and see how this works out. So the first day was kind of this joyfully haphazard, spontaneous supermarket run where we got all kinds of, you know, meat and vegetables and, you know, no need to get broths or anything because obviously this um, pot was going to be quite savory and fragrant no matter what else happened. And so we put everything in, we set the burner on, and we kind of shook hands and said this burner is not to be touched or meddled with or fiddled with for one week. It doesn't matter if someone's girlfriend comes over or, you know, people need to fry some eggs in the morning. We're not touching this burner. It's totally off limits. It's needed for the pot. But it was on and the whole time, right? We, the burner was, like, on simmer the whole time? Exactly. Just the okay. lowest setting, just keeping okay. things going. And for the first couple of days, you know, we were enchanted with this. It's like when you give a child a new toy and all he wants to do is, you know, play with it constantly. And we were just having, you know, a wonderful time. The first dinner was a success. I'd say that by night number two, so two out of seven into the week, that's when things really kind of started to take off. That's when we started to glimpse the, the power of the pot, as you might say. Because all of these ingredients were just collaborating with each other uh, and things were getting along swimmingly, as they say. And the flavor became kind of extraordinary. I think anyone listening knows the feeling that certain dishes, you know, let's say a beef stew or, you know, something like that, you put in the refrigerator and the leftovers taste even better than the, you know, the night you cooked it. And that kind of rule of physics and chemistry was coming into play here. So by night two, the pot was attain- attaining its kind of fullest expression. We were having people over. This is graduate school. Everyone's hungry. Everyone loves free food, of course. And people were walking away really impressed. So at that point, by night two, I was thinking, you know, I was an, I'm, I was an idiot for not doing this sooner. You know, my, my master's program is two years. Why didn't, why didn't I start this the first day? Okay. And then, you know, and we were my, my roommate – totally embraced it. I remember I woke up on the third or fourth morning and found him kind of hunched over the kitchen stove at about 8 a.m. And hmm. he was dipping half a baguette into the pot for breakfast. And could, at could, this point, there were a lot a, of things in the pot. Could, could you send me a copy of that recipe? I, now, this I'm, is a long, lengthy thing that he wrote. And, I, and uh, the oh, reason I I'm asking you about it is that Dan sent it to us a long time ago, and I read a, a portion of it, and then it just dropped off. I didn't know where the rest of the pages were. And I was wondering, what is this, and what happened to it? And then I asked him, and he told me it was you, and that's when I asked you about it the last time. Hold on, we have to we have to take a break, but I want you to finish telling the story. Okay. Yeah, that's Doug. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, well, that's Doug's it. Doug's famous music. All right, we'll this be back. Good uh, a, cliff, a cliffhanger. Okay, yeah, that's it, right. We, yeah, it could happen. Right. <laughs> Uh, this is the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you, and uh, also with Marianne Fitzmorris, my wife, who is who participates in our programs a couple of days a week, and all the other people we ask to come by and just hang out with us for a while. And in case you're wondering, I didn't know this was a uh, this was about books. Uh, it's about food, isn't it? Well, you know, uh, think about well, it, what a way to spend an evening going to a bookstore opening talking to all the people you meet at such a thing, yeah. and then go out to dinner. You see, there it you all go. works together. See, Saul usually comes just to eat, but he's not just eating this time, right? Yeah, well, that can happen. We will come back with more of the food show in a moment after. First, if you will, this. Saul, do you think that is true? Anything goes? 
Saul, you I, there? I try to live by that. I am. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, it, we were talking about your, your new book uh, soon to come out. Uh, in among other places, and it is uh, out. Octavia, it is out. Uh, Octavia books. You, it's tonight that you're doing the uh, the tasting. Is what I keep no, wanting to try that, huh? He's doing yeah, a the reading. Tasting, yeah, I understand. Uh, but <laughs> a I, taste of the book. But when when I'm thinking about uh, a book, I for some reason always want to think about uh, books too. I don't know why. I, yeah, I'm just different that Me way. Me too. All right, so so yes, his book signing is tonight at Octavia Books at six o'clock, right, Saul? Six o'clock, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. maybe maybe I can scramble and get some remoulade there for the first ten people who show up. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> it's conceivable. When you do a reading, what does that mean? How much of the book do you read? So my my personal belief is that. You know, people can always buy a book, but part of the fun thing for the audience is to get to actually interact with an author mm -hmm. they either may love or may have never heard of and get to ask questions and things like that. So I try to actually keep the reading portions pretty brief. You know, generally speaking, let's say I'm doing an event for an hour. I'll go, I'll talk, talk for five or ten minutes about the book, how I started it, you know, how I came up with it. Then I usually try to read for about 20, 25 minutes at most. And then kind of open things up to Q&A. And a lot of the time, the Q&A will easily carry through the rest of the event. Of the two hours. Now, if we ask you those questions, are there people going to come? I mean, I don't want to take a chance on that, like if that's the whole, you know. We don't oh, want to give too much away, do there's, we? There's no such thing as I am curious, too though. many people coming to a book. Uh, a I am assignment. curious how you came up with it. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a kind of funny story. I mean, the initial idea, I literally dreamed it up. I mean, I kind of woke up at three in the morning with these vague thoughts and had this three hour period of insomnia where I started thinking about this character. Um, I didn't have a name for her yet, but I had this idea of someone as I lay there in bed, someone who runs a used bookstore, but also does this vigilante work by night. And then I actually <laughs> happened to be... And I was said it, so I fell back at sleep at 6 a.m. and I was very happy. But the problem was that I was embarking on a cross-country drive that morning from New oh. Hampshire back to California. <laughs> oh gosh! And and so you know, it's it's kind of frustrating because as a writer, you think I have this great idea. All I want to do is you know find a desk in a quiet place to write and you know kick off and not do anything except write. But instead, I was spending 12 or 14 hours a day in the car. So wow. it actually worked out. It ended up working out really well because it turns out that when you're in a car by yourself for 12, 14 hours a day, that's a pretty great way to be thinking about things. Sure. And yeah. so as I drove cross country, I was continuing to kind of flesh out the plot and think of, you know, the character that I, the central character that I was writing the story about. I actually started the book. Here's a kind of food trivia fact. I started to book um at an applebee's on peach street in erie pennsylvania that's where i wrote the mm. opening scene that's hey, like that's like the before, high water mark in that before, area right great choice i was gonna say before i get before i get in trouble with these gourmet listeners there's not that many options when you right, roll into erie right. pennsylvania at about nine o'clock at night exactly so yeah. I, I got my mozzarella sticks and my salad and i started <laughs> writing and then you know two days later i was in the outside the badlands in north dakota and i was still going and oh, by I the time i reached badlands. california 
beautiful, right? Oh, Absolutely I do. beautiful. I love about Speaking it. of that, you, I keep hearing that there are references to the fact that you were on your way or from or on your way to or something like that uh, San, of San Francisco somehow connected he with. He lives this. in San Francisco. Oh, you live in San Francisco. Yeah, we have well, to ask that would some explain San everything. Questions. Saul, have you ever seen the Mount Rushmore program at night? You know, I never have, and I made it there during the day at about three a, you know, three p.m. with probably five thousand others. But I would have yeah. loved to go back at night. Yeah, if you if you do it again, try to arrange to be there for the the Mount Rushmore program at night. It is really, it takes you away. It takes you back. It really does. It's very cool. Anyway, all right, so you fleshed this out. We, we're jumping back and forth. I want to get back to the pot, and we have to get some San Francisco recommendations from you. But no, We're just lo- here looking for food uh, tips. Yes. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's absolutely. Here, he's, he's here yeah. to, talk, to talk to get people to come and not have shrimp remoulade, but listen to the book sign, book reading and, uh, and to sign some books. So, um, all right, so your character was fleshed out. And you got back to San Francisco and wrote it all down and Yeah, so then I basically um that yeah, then I went into this kind of intensive hundred day sprint where I was just, you know, coming up with this character and pretty soon I realized that what I wanted to do was take advantage of the fact that I've spent for better or worse a lot of time down in Silicon Valley. And so I started to come up with this plot that my detective and vigilante and bookseller Nikki Griffin, who is someone who doesn't love technology. She doesn't own a cell phone. She doesn't, you know, uh, she tries to eschew technology wherever she can in life. Um, And she gets swept into this plot where she gets hired by this Silicon Valley company that seems to be, you know, very cute and cuddly. And, you know, their business is they're ostensibly making baby monitors and technology to connect parents with their kids. And they have, you know, the startup name care for and all of that. And then she starts following an employee. There's a dark side. And, you know, that to me was so much fun because driving around Silicon Valley, you pass all these, you know, gleaming, perfect buildings and everyone's talking about how they're coding to save the world and make it better. And it's such a delicious (laughs) thought thinking, what if what if that's not all they're doing? And what if these, you know, buildings are concealing all kinds of secrets? And so that was very fun for me to tease out through the book. It sounds good. And also, I love her name and I love the name of the book. I mean, you must be getting a lot of, of great feedback on the name. Garlic Sardinia is her name, isn't she? <laughs> yes. Yeah, she exactly. Loves sardi- exactly. She looks for garlic sardines under every rock. That's what she does. Yes. Uh, That's her job, exactly. Men. Right. Save Me from Dangerous Men. I love that title. All right. So back, uh, we're going to jump back to your pot now. So the pot was sitting on the stove. And you kept throwing in raw things into this pot of cooked stuff, right? Yep. Every day. Every day. If we took liquid out, we had to put water in. If we oh. took out a beef shank, we had to put in a leg of lamb or whatever it was. What was the wildest thing that you put into the pot? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. I think that I think probably in terms of – some some things are meant to go in pots, right? You know, so about day three or four, I thought, you know, ham hocks, genius, right? Oh, and yeah. mm-hmm. I bought up the supermarket selection of ham hocks, and then they went. And, you know, that that's something that fit pretty well. I think that some of the um, quicker cooking meats, you know, something more suited to a barbecue grill than uh, kind of this immersive, Flank intensive. 
<laughs> immersion, exactly. Flank steaks, cube steaks, you know, skirt steaks, yeah, things right. like that. Yeah. They Those are cuts. things that, yeah, they, they probably did not need to go in the pot. And yeah. around day four or five, what we started to realize was that the bottom of the pot and the, you know, top of the pot were these whole different worlds, you know, and <laughs> we began to feel a, limit, a little intimidated, I think, about diving too deep because a lot of there were a lot of things down there and they've been cooking for a long time at the end when you finally decided to give up the pot how did you close out the pot ah that's what was still there that's going to be left over for the sequel (laughs) he's got how many how many books do you have (laughs) how many book you have a book deal for several right for your yeah so i'm actually yeah, I'm just finishing up uh, revisions on the sequel, and that's going to come out in 2020. And then the goal is to keep them coming. I know. He's got a book deal for several. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to make this a, uh, you know, a long-running series, and it's been nice because there's the reactions of readers, you know, for, to this first one have been really positive. It's gotten some great reviews, a lot of great feedback, you know, online and from people I've, you know, run into. And so people, you know, they want to see Nikki as a series, and I think that would be very fun. I think she's a character who You're, should be on the page for many more adventures. Yes, yes. And if it, if it becomes a, a TV or movie, who's going who's gonna to play the title character? Do you have someone in mind? You know, I actually had lunch with uh, the people who optioned it and are uh, developing it for television. So I had lunch at a great Italian place with them in Beverly Hills two weeks ago. And they oh, have really? a couple of names. I, yeah, I would probably Wait, get what? in trouble for saying them on the radio. But they they are working on it. It's uh, I'm trying to think of the name. Is it um, wait, Vinny's? Um, what's his name? What's that Italian place? Uh, Tony's? No, John and Vinny's. Was it John and Vinny's? It wasn't Beverly John Hills? and Vinny's. Let me. I'm trying to think of a name now because it was actually fantastic, and where you know, was it was a place where it seemed. It was right on, um, was it on Wiltshire? I think it was either right on Wiltshire or right off Wiltshire. Okay, Give me a second. Let me think of, of the name because it was, yeah. it was, a, it was a great little place. Um, yeah. And I had uh, Branzini that they prepare a table side, which oh, is real? Oh, really, really kind of the way to go if a place knows what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, did, you, uh, did you make it up to the rooftop of the Waldorf Astoria? Next time you're there. I did not, sadly. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Is that extraordinary? Oh, it's really great. Yes. I mean, California weather, but you're used to that. But it's it's great. Oh, another cliffhanger. Um, yeah, think of it. I'm going to try to think of it while we're on a break. Oh, it's Angelini, and, Angelini Asteria. That's the one. Okay. Yeah. That is a, that is a popular mm-hmm. one. Um, there's another one, too, by, uh, by Paramount. It's Osteria... I have to think of that, too. All right, we'll take a break. Um, still working on what happened with the pot when it was time to close out the pot. Want to finish up with some San Francisco recommendations for restaurants or wherever you're finding yourself these days. And uh, and then one more plug of, for, for this evening. Okay? Yeah, we'll that sounds good to me. It's the Food Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris, and it's nice to be here with you talking about food and restaurants. I know we've deviated a little bit from that today. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we do that every now and then just because if you put two people at a table, uh, chances are they're going to spend a lot of time talking about food 
but they'll also be talking about just about everything else. So uh, we thought we'd try playing around with that a little bit here on the Food Show, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, we will be back with more other than just a moment after. First, please, this. Welcome back. This is the Food Show, believe it or not, of, uh, and we'd love to have you on our program with it. Uh, we, we've just been picking around and finding some uh, people who are worth uh, talking about. Saul um, Lelchuk, who is the brother of um, our buddy uh, who uh, runs, who, who does the... Daniel. Daniel, Daniel and... The and Gourmet Cellist. The Gourmet Cellist, yes. that's right. Known anyway, that, that's his bro. So, uh, yes, so he's he's been on the show before several uh, times. Uh, Whenever Dan yeah. does the show, he's usually on the show with him. So it's not like he's a stranger no, to his audience. No, no, anything but. And we're definitely talking about food because I, I have to. We have to find out what happened when you closed out the pot. Let's go back <laughs> to that. We're bouncing yes. back and forth, like, you know. Yeah. So what happened? You know, this, I, I thought that Save Me From Dangerous Men was my first suspense book, but it turns out that Marianne, you've dug up a, a vintage a vintage thriller from, from an far ago. An oldie but goodie, ago. an oldie but goodie, yes. All right. So, yes, the suspense yeah. of the pot has really deranged my mind since I couldn't finish it. So now you must tell me what happened when you finally decided to close out the pot. So, you know, I, you ask that, and I'm going to have to reveal something that I've always been a little embarrassed by, which is this kind of moral failure on my part. No, and the sad, the sad truth is that I called this a uh, seven-day story, but the ending actually comes on day six at about 4 p.m. when I looked at the pot, and somehow it was no longer my friend. And it seemed to be kind of glaring back at me with this distinct menace. And by this time, you know, I was having I was having strange kind of food dreams. I'd wake up at three in the morning, you know, in a sweat and scribble the words, you know, have to buy new bacon and like scribble them on my nightstand and then fall back asleep. And so the pot was sort of, you know, we had thought that we were, uh, you know, using it, it but it was sort of taking over. Yeah, it was. You yeah, know, it was the hostage was taking over. That's right. Well, yeah. wait, how did did your roommate feel the same way? He was he under a... its spell. I think <laughs> my my roommate was under its spell. He was hypnotized, <laughs> and he gave up breakfast. He'd go straight to the pot every morning. <laughs> it it had him. <laughs> okay, so, so you I finally, um, what did what did he say when you said, "Look, we got to give up the pot"? What did he say? You know, I, I'm rarely a man of action, but this was one of those moments. And uh-huh. it wasn't a time for words. It wasn't a time to <laughs> debate or negotiate or look at all sides of the issue objectively. It was a time to act. And so before he could do much, I, I seized the pot, which is not easy because it's pretty heavy. And I, I took it out to the driveway and I dumped it. And I said, mm. we have to draw a line somewhere. We have oh, to just, it's too bad we there have wasn't to, a dog around. My dog would have been, been delighted. There. Yes, for sure. A, a, a I should have brought it down. I happier. should have brought it down to the local kennel. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's exactly. right. That's right. Okay, so now I can rest. The pot mystery has been solved. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. On to some. But one day, one day what? there could be there could be a sequel. You, know, you never say, know. You know, you should maybe write something about the pot in your next Nikki Griffin sequel. Mm. Well, I, I, I think if I, I could have just, to. Add my uh, my last little uh, note about this, and that is, uh, I want it with French bread, 
and uh, on the half shell and uh, also dressed. Speaking so. of bread, Saul, I did not succeed in, in getting you on the mothership, so you don't owe me the, uh, the tartine sourdough. <laughs> but, but if I right. do, you will. Speaking of which, how is tartine one of my favorite places in San Francisco? Mm. Oh, it's always we, fabulous. It's yeah, always fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Those great breads that they do. Actually, one of the Brennans now works there. Uh, in, I did know, not know that. Yeah, mm. one of the younger generation uh, millennial types, as Tom likes to say, uh, is working at Tartine. And there's a Tartine in Los Angeles now. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Of, That's yeah, actually going to be my next stop. In oh. one of um, in one, okay, so have you been to Bottega Louie? That's my favorite restaurant in the world. Yes, absolutely. Mm. You have been there. Yes. You've been to, uh, did you I think like we're it? On delay. I know we are on yeah, delay. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, uh, it's, oh, it's been a pleasure good. talking to you, and good luck with the book and and everything else you uh, undertake. So tonight, six o'clock, Octavia yeah. Books. You can meet Saul. Yeah, that should be interesting. Not eat, not eat shrimp ramalot. Why not? But think about it and talk oh, about okay. it, and uh, hear about Nikki Griffin, his heroine. Could be. Vigilante. Saving women from dangerous men. Well, Saul, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you. Well, it's so somewhere. good to be on with both. Yeah, it was great to be on with both of you, and I hope our next conversation can be uh, tableside somewhere. Uh, maybe, maybe even this week. Well, I kind of think you're going to be kind of busy now going forward. Mm. You're going to be a busy guy. No more, no more cross country trips. I'd say. Mm. You know. Well, hopefully I'll find the time every now and then. Yeah, it could happen. Bye-bye, Saul. Take care. Thank you. See ya. Thanks so much, it's both the food of you. Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about the food scene around New Orleans and about all the other things that you might be in conversation about when uh, in between bites. You know, it could happen. 260-1870 is our telephone number. We'd love to... Oh, wait, wait. That's not our number. 260 uh uh, 6368. 260-6368. I'm so accustomed lately to using that other phone number that it happens to me sometimes. I apologize. Uh, our number is 2601. Oops, I almost did it again. 260-6368. And uh, we'd love to hear from you about uh, anything. You know where I went for the first time uh, a few days ago was Martin Wine Cellar. Uh, and I'm not going to give them a long plug or anything, although I do think it's a, a terrific place. And it's, it occurred to me, I was there for about almost an hour, and I kept looking around, uh, and I didn't really know any of the people there, and nobody, uh, not that they should, but uh, nobody said anything particular to me either. And I got to thinking that this is one of the, uh, uh, one of the strange things that happens in restaurants sometimes you'll become a familiar face without actually doing anything. And uh, I got, got that feeling because I, I looked around the dining room and I, it seemed to me I knew everybody there, but I didn't. I had an interesting sandwich over there that they call uh, the, uh, let's see, it's, it's on a, uh, it's on a, a, a uh, uh, what, what is that kind of bread that everybody, oh, these croissant. It was on a croissant and the, uh, and they would make a sandwich out of ham, uh, a, a cured ham, and it was pretty good. It had an interesting, uh, interesting name though, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here trying to remember what it was. It was, 
Ham you and know? cheese croissant. Ham and cheese <laughs> croissant. Nice try. That's Yeah, that's uh, the logical uh, one. No, they called it, uh, and it had something to do with the... Uh, I've got a lot of names for things over yeah, there. Yeah, it'll, it'll come to me in a minute. 260-6368. We would love to hear from you about the food scene in New Orleans. If you were listening yesterday, we were coming to you live from the Roosevelt Hotel. We were on the roof there yesterday. There were people jumping in the uh, in, into the pool uh, nearly naked, I you know, must say. Well, that's kind of the way you yeah. swim. When you, when you go swimming, yeah, yeah I guess. I mean, well, you I, would probably swim with a yeah, you know, well, a tuxedo. And yeah, tie, that's it. That's that's what I Most I've, people, you know, yeah. get, and and they are skimpy, yes. Anyway, they have uh, they had a lot of stuff going on over there and they are getting ready for uh, Mother's Day, which is this coming Sunday, and I don't know what you have planned for that, but uh, got to keep listening about it because I have a couple of suggestions about where you might want to go on uh, on Christmas. Excuse me, I can't believe I'm putting everything in there except for Mother's, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Mother's Day, and uh, and wonder if you yourself, having uh, eaten in restaurants, uh, I would imagine for most of your life. Uh, that you go to a, the same place every year or because that's the one your mother likes or there's a kind of restaurant that she really hates even though it's kind of expensive. In you. Uh, if you have any uh, outshoots or any um, thoughts about Mother's Day, we would very much uh, entertain those uh, things and uh, talk to you about that. 26018, whoops, I almost did it again. 26068. <laughs> Two six zero six three six eight. Did I get it right that time? Yeah, you did. Okay, just it's one of those days. Two, it's six, a zero you know it's menu. a it's a hot hot day out there. It's in the nineties. Can you believe oh, that? It was in the nineties yesterday. It was in the nineties yesterday. I have a feeling it's going to be in well, in the nineties quite a bit going forward. You know. Well, what are you going to do? When, when did you pick up that going forward line? <laughs> You know, that was something nobody said up until about maybe six months ago. Well, we could do all, no, it's actually longer than that, but you we think could so? do a whole show on things that are, you know, when did uh, Himalayas become Himalayas? Himalayas, yeah, I'm going to um, check that uh-huh. out uh, going forward. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, it, what, there's something about that. I think, just... I think the most horrifying mm. thing that was said on this show today is... Something is... that was horrible on this show today? Mm. <laughs> like such fools, they, they can come at any time and get that. What, what is it? Applebee's. Applebee's? What about them? <laughs> we were just talking about it. That's you all. were? Yes, we were. Applebee's. Why would we be talking about that? Saul and I were talking about that. Oh, you were? Okay, no wonder I missed yeah. it. But he, he prefaced it by saying there is not a lot to do in Erie, Pennsylvania. Mm, no. no which is, you know, a lot of choices, places to eat. I went through there one night on a train. That's as close as that's I've ever gotten to true. it. That's probably true. You've been it just about every place on a train. Yeah, but I'll never be on another. That is true. I think you... I've been told the that... The Orient Express was the end. That was the final train trip. You know, not for the it was not the for the final frontier. Not for the train, but of of me yeah. and you, maybe, or who knows. <laughs> not me. Two six zero. I mean, definitely not. I mean, I'm not six three. Any more train trips. Two six zero. Two six zero six zero six three six eight. Two six zero. Two menu. I'm in, I'm in a worked up situation. You are. I don't know what it is. It's, it's nothing. Two six zero. 
187. You know, I did it again. I can't believe I'm doing this. Okay, I'll just do it. How about okay. that? Okay. 260 If you would like to talk to us, and I and, actually and, can't imagine why, 260 yeah. is the number. It's the food show. Yep. And uh, we are now. Yeah, we keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you wanted to talk about Mother's Day? Was that it? Yeah, sure do. Uh, first of all, I can tell you that this. Uh, Friday. No, excuse me. This coming Saturday on the Big H70 WWL, I will be there uh, from three until. Uh, no, excuse me. No, noon till three. And the only reason I brought that out is that people often ask me that. When are you going to be on the Big H70? Because it's a lot easier to listen to. Is their reason? And of course, that's true. So uh, anyway, that's that's the story on that. And I'll remind you when we get closer to it. Last night, after riding around. Uh, all over the place, wondering how a traffic signal or, a, for that matter, a, uh, a parking spot could possibly be made uh, as Marianne over here and I went to dinner and we kept walk. We were walking and walking and walking on our way to the, uh, to the parking uh, place. And then uh, I think, I, was it me or you who came up with Mr. B's? It was you. It was me? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yes, but it was music to my ears because Mr. Bees is always music to my ears. Yeah, no, no, I, uh, and then it was... Oh, thank God. It was an, an interesting <laughs> uh, evening there, and it was a very good evening, too. Uh, who is there? Jay. Jay is phone. here on the green phone. Jay, come on in. Welcome. Hey, Tom. Hi. Uh, last year for Mother's Day, I went to a restaurant that's now closed, which I really liked. Oh. It was. Uh, you, like, you like that it's being closed, or you just like? No, it? I, I'm very upset about it being closed. Oh. It was okay. Bud's Broiler on uh, City Park Avenue. Oh yeah, that's a shame. Oh yeah, they've been closed for a few months, and I have no, no like idea. a long time. Yeah. I have no time. idea why that happened. It was the the oldest one in their chain, and there had been one that was older than that, but had been closed for even longer. But doesn't the building a, look like it maybe could fall down at any minute, which mm, may have something to do with it? Well, I've been no, in there too no, many times. A rap, to, a rap yeah. artist bought it, and he's going to redo it as something, but there's a lot of rumors yeah. swirling about another location, but I don't know what's going on. Well, but my question, other than that, my question to you is, forget about Mother's Day, because I'm not doing any of that stuff. <laughs> um, but what is your favorite... Veal Marsala in town. Well, uh, that would probably, and, and my, my reason for this will probably come across as strange, but it would be Vincent's in Metairie. And the reason I say that that might be open to question is that I went I went there this past Saturday, and uh, that's exactly what I had, was the huh. chicken with the... Uh, 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 marsala sauce, and I had no, I haven't had a marsala uh, dish in quite a while, so I thought, well, this, this sounds good. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to Vincent's, but that's solid, solid good. Well, food. I was gonna I was gonna say my favorite veal marsala in town was Vincent's, but the uh, Vincent's uptown. Ah, well, but the I, only I, difference I guess, is that it know, takes longer <laughs> to uh, right. Yeah. The vibe so, at Vincent's down uh, on, up, or I should say, uptown is definitely more interesting than the one in Metairie. I think. Yeah, it's, it's you know, but I'm sure the 
recipes probably are pretty similar. Okay. Oh, yeah, they're pretty similar. I get on my little... I'm on a little kick right now trying to find recommendations for good veal marsala. I had a, a very good one uh, last week at Filippo's. Yeah, I can believe that. Is he, is he having and, the crab salad right now? Because he does that crab uh, salad when the weather gets great. I, I don't know. I, I didn't get, a, I didn't get like that. A, it's like a big, giant cup slash bowl of um, bib lettuce. With a, an enormous pile of crab meat on it. I might have well, to try there's nothing that. wrong with that. I was just there for lunch. Mm. Yeah, I was just there for lunch, so I was, you know, trying to eat light. Well, and crab it, salad mm. would work. Eating light at okay. Vincent's is maybe no, not possible. Oh, Filippo. Okay. Well, e- eating there uh, light is also pretty pretty impossible. It, it was a challenge. Uh, I, brought it, I brought half of it home, and it was great mm-hmm. the next but uh, that night, my wife liked it. So, yeah. all right. Well, Wait a second. Uh, so you have a wife. Do you have children? Yes. Do you have children? Yeah, not yet. Okay. Oh, not I'm yet. Thinking about because, it though. Because yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, if you're ignoring Mother's Day, because I thought maybe you were a single guy or something. So you have a wife. Uh, no, but, uh, you know. But you're ignoring uh, Mother's Day. All right. Uh, Go you know. Risk. Go at your own risk. Uh, I'm, uh, look, I'm going to take it to play golf, you know, and I'll, I'll throw a burger down the throat. You know, it doesn't mean anything. So, <laughs> Isn't that nice? Yeah. No. All right. Oh, she brother. She doesn't care. She, uh-oh. She doesn't care. Okay. All right. Mm. Uh, I well, think she doesn't care. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Famous mm. last words, like, uttered before Valentine's Day, you know, those kind of things. Well, thanks for giving us uh, your perceptions on all of that, and, uh, and thank you for just uh, general uh, goodness. What am I talking about? If this is the food show. I, I'm Tom Fitzmaurice. We're huh? trying to figure that out. What? What you're talking about. <laughs> 260-6368. Well, you know, I, I'm kind of a walking cartoon. And if you just treat me that way, we will get along very well. My wife here, everybody. I of 30 I, I, years. I that's how I have been treating you for Of course years. you have. <laughs> Well, uh, it's time for us to take uh, the ending moment of our the first hour of our program, but we have another whole hour, and if you say so, we'll give you two more after that. All of it here on WWL Radio, WWL FM HD 2, Kenner, New Orleans, where the news is next from CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.